What's up, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Frameskip Podcast. I am your co-host for the evening, Elijah Steele, and with me is George Cam Newton Loftus. Cam Newton, baby. I think we're starting him. I don't know. How do you guys, you're both, you're the bigger football fans on the podcast, like the, the two of you. I know, yes. I know Austin yeah. is a, a Patriots fan, but um, I'm, so, I'm sorry he can't be here tonight. But how are you feeling about your teams going into the draft? Because this is relevant stuff. I'm, I'm still, I'm unclear on exactly how I feel because the Eagles did trade down. They had six and went down to 12. But I think the big thing is they think that someone is going to draft the player they want is from what I've heard. Okay. So that's why they, that's why they went down. But I don't know. I hope we get the players we need and not just what is best at the time, like best value, but like, be like, it, yeah, it would be great to get this fantastic player, but if we don't have a player we need, that kind of... See, that's tough, because I feel like that's fantasy football talking, where you're like, oh, I've got two pretty good wide receivers. I should really like grab a running back while there's still quality running backs available. So, yes, but another nice thing about fantasy football is, say, I have two great running backs, but I could really use a wide receiver. But I'm first pick in the draft, and there's an amazing running back there. I can always grab that running back and just easily trade him or one of my other running backs for, like, trade one of the running backs for a wide receiver, that super good one for, like, two wide receivers or something. Gotcha. So fantasy, for me, has always been, what is the best possible person I can take in that spot? And if I don't actually want that player, what could I get for that player? That's fair. I've been thinking more strategically like that recently, where like I have been more open to trades in the past, like I'd say two or three years in fantasy than I have in, in years before. And lo and behold, I won two leagues this year. So maybe there's, yeah. maybe there's something to it. Coach, how are you feeling about, uh, sorry, spoilers for who else is on the podcast. Uh, how, how are you feeling about uh, Cowboys going into the draft? See, I'm feeling really good. And I'll tell you why. When, when Bill Parcells was coaching the Cowboys, he taught, Jerry Jones, a valuable lesson when it comes to, to drafting. Okay. So we all knew that our Achilles heel was our, our, our defensive backs, right? Our mm. corners and mm-hmm. our safeties. Like we were horrible. So what Bill Parcells taught Jerry Jones was come the first week of March when it's free agency, don't go out and get the top tier free agents because you're going to be spending a lot of money. Go out and fill the holes with that second tier of players that will be able to contribute. So that way, once you plug in all your holes and we, we draft or we drafted, we signed like four defensive backs, like three of them were safeties, right? Mm -hmm. So now across the board, we don't really have any holes per se. So when it comes to the draft, we could get the best player available. And it will be uh, it'll be a good pick. Like, for instance, a lot of people are saying that tight end from um, not Jacksonville, but that's not college, but um, from Florida is going to be available for Dallas. Right. It's either mm-hmm. Dallas wait, is either going to pick wait, Justin Pitts. 
Kyle yes. Pitts. Kyle Pitts. Sorry. Uh, yeah. There's no way. No, I, that thing's not making a pass four. Well, no. we'll see. They're saying the, the first four will be quarterbacks, so we'll see. But anyways, if uh, Patrick Sertain or that tight end is available, you know we can we'll we'll pick him up. Okay. So, but if we didn't plug in those holes and we got that tight end, it wouldn't look like a smart move because, right. you know, mm-hmm. so strong, I feel strong good. foundation to build off of. Yeah. Yes. So I feel good. Plus Dak is back and I hope so, man. Weird. That was a nasty looking injury. You know, what's yeah, funny yeah. is when, when we were watching it, I'm like, Oh no, that, that was just his shoe. Just kind of like it <laughs> fell off. So it just twisted. It looks, it looks weird. And then I see everybody like freaking out. I'm like, oh, I guess that's, that's not, not just I, a shoe. Right. I'm in a I'm in a group chat with a, a Giants fan, an Eagles fan, and a Washington national football team fan. And so I'm the only like non-NFC East representative in that in that thread. And um and my partner is a is a Cowboys fan. And there was like nothing funnier to me than when <laughs> the Cowboys took CD Lamb last year, right before the Eagles. Yes. Uh, everyone I knew who was an Eagles fan just lost their mind. Like I, yep, yeah, that was great. Thank you for that moment, Coach. I really appreciate. It. I'm going to personally attribute that to you. I, yeah, I, thanks, I Coach. It was your decision. Um, so, and, and the good thing is, is like after this year, we can it, essentially we can uh, put the tag on Michael Gallup, and we'll still have pretty much the best wide receiver wide wide receiver trio. In the NFL, and you know that Ceedee Lamb's just going to like get better. Oh, yeah, ooh, so that's, ooh, that's tough though. So wait, you got CD, you got Gallup, and you got Amari Cooper. Like that's solid, but like I still don't know if that's better than Tampa. Like Tam- uh, Tam- Tampa's great, but they don't have a strong third. Like they have we Antonio road- Brown. <laughs> <laughs> mm, we'll see. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. He- He's not in his heyday anymore. No, he's not. But like, he's still like not. Be- he was. It was like him and Gronk were the only people who scored touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Right. That's yeah. that's because they're the people that Brady knew before th- that year. He played one game with Antonio Brown in New well, England, like one blowout I- game against the Dolphins. That doesn't count. Dude had like so let- four catches, sixty yards, and one touchdown. Like that. That's not like a relationship. That's. That's confident. Uh, from, from what I have read on the NFL website, they have had a relationship off the field for quite a while. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he like. Year. I'm pretty sure he like moved him into his house. Um, exactly my point. <laughs> Probably twice. God, that's right? weird. Yeah, uh, don't love don't love that part of New England's uh, checkered history. Um, but uh, that that other voice you hear with us <laughs> is the one, the only coach. What's How up, are man? you? Tired. I, I have a very important qu- hypothetical question to ask you. Okay. I've been wanting to ask you this all day. You are a cook in the army, correct? Yes. Well, that's my that's my original job, but now I uh, I manage it, and then I'm a platoon sergeant. So, hypothetically, okay, say you were to get stationed as the cook on a battleship. All right. And a group of terrorists take over the battleship. Oh my god! But they leave you alone because you're just the cook. Do you think you could handle the situation by yourself? Well, I mean, you don't think that way. You just, you know, what? Okay, so can you explain? Like, 
are we being overran? And so now it's just, you know, like John Cena, if you want it's, some, it's, come get some. It's believed there are about 30 of them. <laughs> well, I mean, shut you, up. <laughs> you don't I think know about George that. knows where this is coming from. God, what? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? What? It, it's, so some, it's some crappy Steven Seagal movie that the name so I'm is just about done watching under siege. There it is. Okay. <laughs> under siege. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> and because of him being a cook in the movie, I'm like, what if coach could do this? That's really interesting. That ties back into fantasy football. Cause it's like this guy's floor because he's a shit. Like this guy's ceiling, I guess is super high. Cause he's like in the army, but everyone has like such a low opinion of his floor because he's a cook, but actually exactly. his floor is incredibly uh, high. high yeah because he's yeah. a he's a chef in the u.s navy um and he won the u.s navy the championship that year like the boxing in a way yeah oh <laughs> all right <laughs> um before we move off of f- football and fantasy football i just want to say um if the patriots draft justin fields that would be incredible I don't know if that's going to happen. Like everything is talking about like, you his don't want him. You don't want him. I don't want him because he's Ohio state. Is that why? No, no, no. My son's going to go there next year. Oh, okay. I just don't think he's going to pan out. Uh, okay. Well then Kellen Mond, I'm excited to change my name from George Cam Newton Loftus to uh, George Kellen Mond. Do you think Loftus. Kellen Mond would be the best fit for new England? I saw, I watched a lot of highlights of him this weekend, just out of sheer boredom and just like, like the optimist in me is thinking Justin Fields. I part of me is worried that he's just like not going to pan out. That's just I, I don't want to say it's like a Ryan Leaf situation, but like it, it doesn't feel like that sort of blown out. Like I think just based on the caliber of other quarterbacks, I'm like, yeah, this guy could, this guy could probably beat Andy Dalton. You know, like there's like some quarterbacks in the NFL that I'm like, I, I have more faith in this dude than than other dudes. Um, but I think Kellen is like a realistic get. What kills me still is the fact that the Patriots had a chance to draft, uh, what's his nuts with the Ravens. Um, Lamar Jackson? Yeah. I can't remember. I think we got Nikhil Harry instead. And I'm just like, wow. Yes. That yep, sucks. that sounds right. That sucks a lot. I love watching Lamar Jackson play. I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to go anywhere close to a Super Bowl. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. They they looked weird last year, but it's also like yeah. last year was a weird year for football. You know, um, I guess I'd count it as a title. Like I don't count the MLB title from last year. They played 60 games. Like that's not a, that's not a baseball no. season. I know, but I do. I mean, like the, the people that were meant to be there would have been there. Right. It's, it's, I think it's okay. I mean, like, especially in the uh, NBA, uh, the politics aside, I think that that was the most pure NBA title that you could do because yeah. there was no traveling. Yeah, there was no home court advantage. It was just get there, take your uh, take your sweats off, and play. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So plus my Lakers won. But it's also tough just because, like, I don't know, like, what the mental strain of that did on people. So, like, obviously, I think that was like probably like the most ideal situation. Like, I don't know how you safely have a championship in a in a pandemic. Yeah, you know, and so like that, I think was probably the most safe. Like it, it came out the players like absolutely either hated it or loved it. You know, because well, there, the because Clippers. there was no distractions or because it, it felt like you were like in right. prison. You know, um, so I I don't know what the right answer is. I think the right answer is to like just get rid of COVID, so we don't have to ask what the right. But the answer thing is. is, is like when you say something like that, they felt like they're in prison, and then you deploy and you can't go off base. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to be disrespectful to you. But no, 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 no. You're, no, I'm not saying you're being disrespectful, but it's you know these players that are 
kind of weak, you know, it's just like, sure. But also on, like, I don't know, like what they signed up for was not that, but I mean, like no one got what they signed up for last year, you know, like, and so it's just yeah. one of those things where it's, it, it's super like, I don't know what the right answer is. I know I'm not the person to decide what the right answer is, but I don't know, just like three months stuck in Florida, like, yeah, there's worse ways to spend three months, but also like, I don't know, not being able to see your family being told to like jump when they tell you to jump. Like, I don't know. I, I could see them feeling like, uh, not like players or individuals for that three months, but just like an extension of a billionaire trying to make more money. I don't know. It's super, it's super complicated. Again, I don't have the right answer. Well, these are like multi, multi millionaires. So it's not like they're getting paid nickels and dimes, even the low end, no, even the sure. bench yeah. warmers, you know, for sure. Also, they were played, in, played in Florida. So I'm pretty sure they didn't get uh, taxed for that. So. Ah, good point. Yeah. Technically, every basketball game, you have to jump when you're told to jump. Because right. it starts with a jump ball. All, all right. On that note, <laughs> this is a gaming podcast. George, how about you tell us what you've been playing? I have been playing two games this past week. Um, I started a third game that I'm going to talk about briefly. I started Republic Commando on my PlayStation 5. And man, older games that have been remastered just run super buttery smooth on next-gen consoles. It's like really amazing. And the whole joke about like the games load too fast where you can't see like the tip screen, uh, completely true. I think the game, yeah. it's great to see like the performance be the best it could possibly be because that means that the things I don't like about the game are strictly the, the game's fault and not like, oh, this game was too ambitious for the original Xbox. That's why it plays like this. And so just to have like that entire conversation removed, I'm just like, oh, I just don't like the main gun in this game. That's the problem. It's got no impact. It's got no punch. Like, that's my issue. Okay. Like, now that I know that, I, I can move on because that game is 20 years old. So what what can you really do about it? Um, besides that, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy 3 on my PSP. Ooh. And I'm, I am, like, head over heels in love with this game. I don't think I've played, a good game. like, a traditional JRPG. Like, I don't really count Pokemon. That kind of feels like baby's first JRPG. And I think that's why I like it so much is because it is super simple and, like, pretty straightforward. But this game, there's just something special about it. It's got its hooks in me. Like, it's just got, like, medieval whimsy that I'm just, like, really excited and endeared to. And it's um, it's kind of hard, too, just because, like, I don't know if I'm what I'm doing is, like, the right build. Like, I've got a thief, I've got a warrior, I've got a red mage, and I've got a monk. And I'm just like, is this good? I don't know. I hope so. It's been working so far. I hope I don't get to a point where I need to, like regrind because all of a sudden I need a black mage who can cast like the most powerful stuff or a white mage who can cast the most powerful healing stuff but I don't know there's just something really charming and cute about it that uh, is really speaking to me yeah three is a great game yeah I haven't played super, it in years super fun and it's 10 bucks uh I guess we're probably going to talk about it a little bit later um it's available on PlayStation Network right now for PSP for ten dollars um runs super well even on like a PSP 3000 uh, I can't recommend it enough. And finally, the third game I've been playing this past week, I beat Gears of War 2 with uh, my friend Fabio. Nice. And uh, Coach, I sorry, I know you said you wanted to play it, but it was only two-player um, yeah, on online together. And uh, I started this journey with Fabio, so it would have felt weird to, uh, yeah. to, no sort of, to sort of take a break from that. But yeah, we're going to play through the entire Gears series. I think Gears of War 3 or 4 is like where it opens up, and you can have more than two people in it. Three. Three? Three? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm down to down to run some three with people, but man, those games, I played through them for the first time a couple of years ago. I was never like the biggest Gears of War fan, uh, but playing them with a buddy is just, it, it makes them so much more special. I think after playing, um, it takes two, the co-opness of it, uh, feels a little, I don't want to say lazy cause it was like one of the first games to really do it, but the whole like 
oh, we got to split up. Do you want the right path or the left path? Um, it got more interesting in Gears 2 just because like you'd have to cover them from another area. Mm-hmm. Whereas it was just kind of like going down two different corridors in the first game. Um, but super fun, runs super well. One thing that I think is really interesting is because we've been talking about backwards compatibility so much. I was friends with Fabio on Xbox, but I was never friends with him on Xbox 360. And so, like, I couldn't figure out how to add him. And I, it just said that, like, I didn't have any friends. I'm like, no, that's that's BS. I've got a lot of friends on Xbox. And so I actually had to physically, like, add him in, like, the Xbox 360 architecture. Oh, wow. Which is really funny. Like, you have to press start and select. That brings up, like, the original Xbox 360 uh, center button. The home button thing. And then, like, actually just, like, using, like, the, the mini blade system that they got there. And, like, having to add them there. <sighs> Uh, just really interesting. Just like, oh, wow, look at this old relic from from 12 years ago, 10 years ago. It's a, it a lot of fun that it still miss, that it still works like well, you know, I missed the, the original blade system for 360. Oh, man, I never I never had it. Um, that was like the original 360. Um, I got mine kind of late, I think. And yeah, then um, I like I just it. connected it to the online at, at my college and then that immediately updated it. So I remember it from like the demo kiosk at like <laughs> Target and stuff. Um, I I I love that's so that's probably my favorite dashboard ever oh for man. a system. Mine's uh, the cross media bar from PlayStation Three. I think that one's been so fantastic. Under appreciated. I agree. All right, sorry that was a that was a long dribble of video game. <sighs> so I'm sorry. Nah, it's always fine. I like hearing about it. No. Coach, what about yourself? Okay, before I start talking about what I was playing, what I wish I would be playing were. The other two games that I'm supposed to be getting from the Shantae series. I just saw someone else today post that there's just yes. game today. And so they, hopefully they, any day now. Right. So they started posting either Saturday or Sunday and my jaw dropped. And I'm like, okay, any day, because in that I got the first two on the switch and I got the game boy color card. Cause they did a re, uh, reproduction card of the game boy color, the original. Now, are all of them shipping like is the game boy card as well because with limited run games your order won't ship until all of your order comes out so well well, okay so then maybe that's it because i did another um oh shoot what's that one azure 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 yes so i picked up one of those uh one of the the newest title Mm -hmm. so maybe it's waiting on that Probably. Okay. All right. So that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. With limited run, uh, your order won't ship until everything you ordered is released. Right. But I did get a notification that the Doom 64 mm-hmm. um, is going to be releasing soon. Nice. I, yeah. They're about to send that out. So I got that. So you get the cool um, Nintendo 64 box art, you know. That's um, awesome. Yeah. So, okay. So what have I been playing? Two main games. I've been lately i've been deep diving into breath of the wild again like spending a lot of time like waking up early or sneaking in an hour or two here so my original goal for my second playthrough which i'm doing right now is to get all 120 shrines before i do the divine beast but um there's a shrine for in each region where the divine beast is that you have to uh you have to beat the beast first to um, before you get that shrine. So I'm just taking each region and then just going after all of the shrines in that area. So I'm like at 38 right now. So 
I'm mm-hmm. almost a third of the way there. Nice. Uh, yeah. And then uh, speaking of Gears of War 2, my buddy and I uh, started playing uh, the, the original Gears of War. Oh hell yeah! Ooh, very well, nice. the, the remastered version, right? Yeah, so, dude, yeah. that 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 game's gorgeous. Like that remaster really is incredible, is. and they touched up. Like I'm playing on Xbox One. Gears of War Two looks breathtaking. Like that game looks so good. Obviously, some yeah. of the textures don't pop as much, but like a 360 game just running on Xbox One looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the remastered is is absolutely gorgeous. Such it's such good stuff. I downloaded Gears Four and Five onto my Series S the other day. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you grabbed a Series S. I did. And my Emulate. Emulate. It's not going to (laughs) happen. And my expandable storage should be here on Friday. So, okay. Now, the expandable storage that you purchased, can Mm -hmm. you install PS5 games on that? Or is it just, uh, or I'm not sorry, PS5. Is it um, Series X games that you could put on that, you, or is- you can you can install the Series S and X games. I got the like Seagate drive that you pop into the Xbox. Oh, red! That uh, one little slot in the back or whatever. Yep. Okay. Um, I uh, Newegg had a coupon code basically that dropped the price like twenty bucks. And if you run a game from from that uh, partition or from that. Mm-hmm. It will run the same. It's, yep. it's, okay. it's, it's the same exact thing as the internal one. Okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Hmm. I think, I mean, I do need to get one for both PS, whenever PS5 is available. But mm-hmm. I think what I'll do is on Black Friday, um, well, I might not even be here then. But if I am, then I'll probably, hopefully they'll have like maybe two and three gig uh sizes because you got the or gig uh terabyte, terabyte. You, yep. you got a one terabyte right yeah that's all that's available okay it's okay. normally 219 dollars. if you're not around i'll grab one for you coach i'll uh it's what credit cards are for buying hard drives right. for friends everyone knows that it's what they put in a little pamphlet when they send you a pre-approved card it's what, it's i remember order. i remember i was in afghanistan and the uh you remember the uh the four gig xbox 360 slim oh yeah Oh, and it was what? I think it was 199 or what? No, 149. 149. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 149. And so I got lucky and was able to pick one up. Now, it didn't ship to my house or it didn't ship to me in Afghanistan. I just had it shipped to my friend's place. But uh, yeah, when I got home, you know, you had it waiting for you. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty rad. Good friend. I, I, I do love my series. Did your friend take it out of the box and play it? Uh, well, no. just to make sure it worked? Something mm-hmm. like that? No, 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 no. I trust him. I took it out just to make sure it worked. Right. There's no hard drive space left. I remember just to make sure it worked. I remember. No, this is like such a petty thing that like 10 year old, 11 year old me got mad about. But I was like, uh, my dad had to like go out of town. I was living with him at the time. And so he dropped off a bag of my stuff at a friend's house. I was going to stay with him for like a week. And my friend didn't go to school that day because he had like a dental appointment. And I told him I was bringing over my PlayStation 2. This was like 2001. This is like when they were the hotness. And that little turd like pulls my PlayStation two out of my bag and just starts playing it. Like he just, uh, he just like came home from his dentist appointment and just like raided my stuff. And I always felt a little <laughs> violated. Like in hindsight, it's super petty, but at the same time, I'm like, you SOB, how dare you? But at that time, or, you know, when you have like tech that's expensive like that at the time, you know, it, it come down, it comes down to common courtesy. Just sure. ask. Also don't go know. through my stuff, bro. There you <laughs> like, go. Yeah. Like if I were to take my, like say i was going to my friend nick's house i'm like hey i'm gonna drop off my p3 
PS5 and like my bag and everything, and then I have to go to work and then I'll be back later. If I come back to him playing my PS5, I'll be like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I totally get it. All right. Sixth grade me is justified. Still, yeah. all these years later, vindicated. All right. Thanks. Such a thanks, good movie. boys. Appreciate it. Your show. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I've been playing a few games myself. I played through and going for the Platinum on No More Heroes for PS3. Hell yeah. Which I found out some interesting details about. No More Heroes 1 and 2 on the Wii are published by Ubisoft. No More Heroes, Heroes Paradise, which is a port of the first game with added extras, is published by Konami. That's interesting. And it's ported by a company, I think, what are they called? Freeplay? And in it after you rank up by defeating one of the assassins it'll ask do you want to catch some z's and if you click yes you'll fight a boss those are bosses from no more heroes 2 that they added into the port oh that is interesting but the no more heroes 2 bosses are set up for the no more heroes 2 like battle system and everything so they're super easy to defeat in this game gotcha are you playing that with move controllers or a dual shock? How are you doing it? I played it with a dual shock. Okay. And it plays well with a dual shock? Yeah, it plays perfectly fine. Cool. Uh, that was it was like charming and cute on the Wii when you had to like do the waggle stuff. Like you had to like recharge your, your blade or whatever, and it just it looked like you were, you know, yeah. doing Oh, you you still kinda have to because like to recharge it, you have to take the controller and, and, and shake it. Okay, and make yeah. it make it look uh, perverse and uh, like yes, you're doing yes. something you shouldn't be doing. At least, like, at least I, in front of other people, unless you're yeah, all okay yeah. with it. Um, I'm, I'm not here to kink shame or judge. Um, that's cool I though, fully, that it works. With a dual I shock. fully upgraded everything by now, so like I'm on my second playthrough. I'm playing through in the hardest difficulty, and everything's fully upgraded, so I never lose energy at all. Um, and I have the best uh, beam katana in the game, which I'm pretty sure has sounds that are taken straight out of Star Wars. Cool. Um, but <laughs> I. I was playing Star Trek Bridge Crew on Sunday. Hell yeah. Talk to me, Goose. And I was playing. Oh, look, it's Goose. Uh, I was playing with Austin and friends of the show, Brandon and Craig. And we had a hard time getting Craig in. And it was cross play. I was playing on PSVR. The other three were playing on Quest. And we had a hard time getting Craig into our game. We eventually did just by opening it up to open lobby. And we kept kicking out anybody who came in until Craig came in. And then as we're playing, I'm trying not to bust up now thinking about it. At one point, his microphone or something just, just out of nowhere, I'll hear coming out of his microphone. And we're trying to talk to him. And if he's talking, we can't hear anything. So we're all busting up as we're trying to like, sign to him with our hands and stuff because he has no idea what he has to do because austin was the captain he has to tell everyone what the next job is so he has no idea we're trying to sign to him and then eventually it stops the constant static and just goes to and we're just 
trying to figure out. We're all dying laughing at this point. I was tearing up inside the PSVR <laughs> to the point where I had to take it off just to clear my eyes and everything. People on the ship around us are dying from explosions and we can't just can't stop laughing. <laughs> but that was such a fun time. We we're all saying we have to play some more of it. I'm so glad that that and we talked about a couple other VR games that day that are all cross play. So I can play on my PSVR and them on their quests. I think that's fantastic. Um, that's my favorite util- utilization of crossplay yet. No, that's great. I love the games on PlayStation VR. I just don't like the VR headset. And like since grabbing an Oculus Quest Two, um, that is just far and away like oh yeah, the a, a way more impressive piece of technology. Um, I like still, I still think PSVR I, is more comfortable, but. I absolutely adore my PSVR, but in no reality will I ever say that it's better than the Quest. The Quest is hands down so much better. It just needs so much space and like you like the wire sort of like tethering you down. Like it's just a little frustrating. Like uh, if I had like I'm back in my like high school room, as you guys can tell by my Star Wars and my Jay and Silent Bob posters and got to have Scarface because I was a 16 year old kid. Um. I just don't have room to like set it up in here. And it just like sucks that it's like, Oh man, if only I had more physical space, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I remember like constantly like hitting it against like my coffee table in my living room in San Francisco. But that was also just like, well, I'm kind of like at, at my edge of like the wire. So like, this is just like where, where it is, you know? And so it's just yeah. needs a little bit more love. I'm really heartened by seeing like they, them talk about the controllers for the next gen VR. I'm glad they're not giving up on it. Cause the game list is incredible. And I assume a lot of these games are available on Oculus as well. Like Bridge Crew, you said. Yep. I assume Moss is coming because like there's just so few venues to make money on VR, you know, that you kind of have to hit all of them. And and I'm guessing a lot of the VR stuff, even if it's starting as like exclusive to this platform, goes to the other one. For example, Layers of Fear VR comes to PSVR this month and it came out on Oculus last year. And the same thing happened with Vader Immortal. So I'm guessing eventually Resident Evil 4 will come to PSVR 2. Yeah, and I assume it's going to be better on PSVR 2 than it ever could hope to be on PSVR 1. Yeah. Um, the, the last thing... Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I thought you were moving on. So bef- before we move on, or sorry, before we move on to the next topic, let me ask a question. Yes. So please talk about your next game. I apologize. Um, the last thing I played... I played the first of the two new Resident Evil Village demos. Ooh. The village section of it. I cannot wait for that game. Yeah, I am so excited. I'm replaying through Resident Evil 7 this weekend. I cannot wait for Village. I'm I haven't been this excited for a game since Final Fantasy 7 remake. I have full confidence that it's going to be fantastic. And the new demo is Saturday. So basically, I'll go get my second shot and then come home and play the demo as a treat. Very cool. Um, Yeah. The new demo stuff is super convoluted. Um, Oh, God. Yes, it is. I don't listen to a lot of gaming podcasts. I listen to one called Into the Aether that I really enjoy. And I listen to Easy Allies just because, like, I've loved those dudes forever. It's hard to to stop. Um, But they were, like, calmly plainly explaining what the situation was and i still don't really understand so it's like it's a time demo and it only releases during a certain window and like it expires after a certain amount of time but there's two locations for you to go to so it's like do you want to go to the castle or do you want to go to the village 
And all that just seems like so confusing and just like they're trying to build hype, but they're doing like a bad job at being clear while building hype. Yeah. Like we just got the village portion. You have half an hour in the demo and the demo is available for eight hours. So like we just got the village portion, the castle portion is this upcoming weekend. Gotcha. Okay. And it's like, they weren't the most clear about that. Uh, And then apparently they will have the full thing where you can play both available on May 1st into the second uh, for another eight hour period. I honestly have no idea when it's coming to other consoles, like to Xbox or that. See, don't don't do it like that. Do it like do it like PT. Like, don't give someone a limited amount of time in the demo. Give them a limited amount of time to download it, you know, and then it goes away. So, like, you just you drive downloads that way. I mean, that's what I think you should do. That's how you build hype. I mean, you also have a limited amount of time to download it because of the limited amount of time to play it. Yeah, but it expires after you spend like a certain amount of time in the demo, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's the last thing I played. I cannot wait for it. Awesome. How long is the first one? Uh, The first demo took me like. Not the first demo, the game that um, Resident Evil uh, 7. The first time I played through it, uh, I played through it on medium and it took me about eight and a half hours. Then I played through it on Madhouse difficulty. And I want to say that took me like 11 hours roughly. And now I have it down to a science. I haven't done this in a while, but now uh, on easy. I have a path I can take and I got my time down to an hour and 51 minutes. Oh, nice. It's the nice. only game I've ever done a speed run of. And I'd... according to somebody I know who keeps track of like the speed run community in that, uh, I guess it would be considered in any percentage run. Um, if I were to like enter that into the speed run community, that would put me at 41st in the world. Holy crap, dude, do it. Do it on stream. I'd watch that. So that's what, like, I want to practice. Um, I'm going to be streaming the game on Sunday, but I won't have s- some of the items I would use. So, like, I would have the infinite infinite ammo thing from unlocking on different uh, difficulty. Uh, so, like, that would be helpful. I get the Magnum super fast because I get all nine coins I need. Uh, I use the better gun that you get from can't remember what or no i i use the saw you get a saw for i think it's beating it in under four hours or something like that um but use that unlimited ammo and get the magnum and like the second boss of the game takes like four shots and is down it's like there are certain things to do to knock the time down and i need to get back into that i don't remember it the first game and probably the only game i've ever really focused on speedrunning is resident evil 2 on the gamecube nice so and i was able to get it under two hours that's the goal is to get it under two hours mm-hmm. right is to beat it in under two hours so um those are fun times and those games were built for speedrunning, right yes after you get through the initial shock and you know where everything is Mm-hmm. Then you go back and you play through those for the speed run. And, and, and that's exactly why with Resident Evil 3 that came out last year, everyone was saying like, oh, it's a short game or whatever. That game is made to be played multiple times. Yeah, uh, I think I have like 35 to 40 hours into that game right now. I've played it on like four difficulties 
And I'm like, oh, I need to get more BP to get this item to help me on a higher difficulty. I'll replay it on easy and I knock it out in like an hour and 56 minutes. That's really funny you say it because that's a that brings me back to like really old school design, like uh, like Goldeneye. Like the object wasn't to like complete the story or whatever. The object was to complete the story so you unlock the most cheats. Yep. You know, like that was like the, the, the goal. Like that was how you really saw someone's progress in that game was how many cheats could you apply? to uh to it and like to get the cheats correct me if i'm wrong but like you had to beat levels on certain difficulties you had to beat levels on certain difficulties under certain time constraints like it was just all this stuff that was like hidden in the game that like people would tell you about at school and be like no to do it you actually have to do this Mm -hmm. you have to beat it on double o agent and in under two minutes you have to beat like the the airfield level or whatever you know like the runway like but like do it in under two minutes on the third level and like that's how you get paintball mode or whatever you know and that's that's just such a cool way to like measure like your devotion to a game your passion for a game or whatever because i know like Mm -hmm. with resident evil like that's how you like unlock the rocket launcher right and stuff like that and like infinite ammo and stuff that's really cool yeah so that's like everyone's saying about how short resident evil 3 was i'm like i mean if you just play through the campaign once and you're done with the game then yeah because it took me six and a half hours but like i said i've spent like 30 to 35 hours in that game now i've definitely gotten my money's worth I did want to ask you guys, um, and I know we'll probably have a video or we'll do a podcast right before E3, but what is the one piece of announcement that you hope we get at this year's E3? That we hope or is a dream that we doubt will happen, but hope happens? Doesn't matter. Uh, One that I highly, there are two, two specific ones that every day I'm, hoping for and that is skies of arcadia legends either remake or port and condemned criminal origins 3 and you know when we're in it remake remaster or port dead space yeah you've been talking about that for a while so one of those three if any of that happens that would be amazing is that on backwards compatible uh is that on the list for xbox for backwards compatibility i honestly have no idea i think it is i think it is if it is, then I'm sure it gets a little, you know, kick in the pants as far as Mass Effect is too. I think, yeah, yeah that's a good point. Uh, I think it is, and I think it's actually on sale this week, um, like or as part of like the spring sale. At least like Dead Space Two is, I think, because it was like a game that was given with Games of the Gold that I claimed that I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw in the uh, in the sale. And and the reason I bring up Mass Effect about it, yes, Mass Effect is a more like well known, more famous game series, but I don't know if there is. Like besides Mass Effect, I don't know if there is a more well-regarded EA series than Dead Space, because it's specifically even the first one, because that is heralded as one of the best, if not the best, survival horror game to ever be released. And it doesn't matter who you talk to, if you mention Dead Space, they they're either like, "I was way too scared to play it," or "That game is amazing." Yeah, you're probably right. it's like that and like Burnout, I guess, right? Yeah. That um, burnout, Need for Speed, and Mass Effect. No, but even then, like Need for Speed, like I think there's more hits than miss or more misses than hits for Need for Speed. Mm-hmm. Like Burnout, I think was like everyone kind of like increasingly fell in love with the series and more went on. It's like that and like the first Mirror's Edge. Like there, there's a couple, but it, like it's so few. And like I don't know if anyone loves the first Mirror's Edge the way more people love Dead Space. Like I think you're absolutely right. I think Mass yeah. Effect is number one, then probably Dead Space, just like because that fan base is so passionate mm-hmm. and then yeah after that it's just like dante's inferno is like a 
a cult classic. I'd say Mirror's Edge is like a cult classic, you know. Yep. But Dead Space is, I, I think, a little bit beyond cult classic status. Yeah, and and that's why I'm genuinely surprised we haven't seen anything yet, even a port to new consoles, right? Like a Dead Space th- trilogy or whatever. I think for me, and I've been thinking about this since I really started deep diving back into Breath of the Wild again, is I would love a remake of both the 8-bit, you know, Zelda and uh, Adventures of Link. Uh, I think that would be amazing using the same engine that they use for um, Link's Awakening. Yeah. To at least, I mean, it's the 35th anniversary. If you're going to do anything, remake the original, right? Remake Mm -hmm. it using the same engine. And man, I just think that would be amazing. Like that would be... That would be one of my all-time favorite remakes that I've ever played, right? So that's what I'm hoping for is um, we get some news of, of, I'm sure we'll get some Zelda stuff, but, and I'm not too hyped for um, Skyward Sword either because I'm sure the best way to play it is on the Wii, even though it won't look as good. I disagree, man. I, I remember playing that. I borrowed it from a friend in like 2012. I really had a bad experience with that uh, game just because like the, the Wii motion plus, like I felt like I was recalibrating that controller every like eight minutes, which is just like, it's not what you want to do. You know, when well, if they could get it right with the uh, joy cons, then, then I'll, you yeah. Know, see. And I'm going to grab it. I'm, I'm curious to see like if those frustrations are still there or if like, you know, like, like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance kind of deal, like if it is like going to be good with just like aiming the analog stick, like if that's going to be fine. I, I'm I'm super curious. Um, I'm excited to check it out. Wait, is that Vader? Yeah, yeah, Unders TV. Yeah, sorry, we're looking at we got video of the of the podcast. We're, we're I just was really he's just like is that Vader? And I completely forgot. I have a giant Darth Vader figure over there. That's a beautiful. That's like a three foot tall you Darth get Vader. That, bro? That's Walmart. <laughs> number of years ago wow that is awesome man yeah i absolutely love it it's been with me for god five six years now i don't have vader from that series but i have a giant k2so from rogue one from that same series oh that's awesome he he made that movie man i mean that was one of my favorite star wars movies but his his just his snarky little attitude i loved it god he was great yeah yeah while we're talking about these ports and remakes, I think we should get right on to the main topic. George, would you like to bring us into it? Yeah, so I've been replaying Final Fantasy 3 on PSP, and it's it's kind of interesting because I'm pretty sure it's like a port of the DS version. And uh, the the port, or the sorry, the DS version of Final Fantasy 4 is probably more famous, where they take the game and then they add in like uh, chibi-style sort of like 3D animatics, where they just make everything a little bit prettier and nicer and more polished and uh, like a a little bit more contemporary for when that released on, on DS. But like the core gameplay is still like the exact same, like the menus are still the same, Um, especially on final fantasy three. And like the game is gorgeous and everything looks great in like 3d sprite or sorry with a, with like 3d polygon characters, like everything's really nice, but that game is still so rooted in early nineties, like SNES era, rpg mechanics and just like i mean rpg mechanics but like rpg like infrastructure like just the way games were imagined and built back um back when they first came out 
and I guess I'm curious because like uh, we had like the news about like Sony being interested in like a remake of The Last of Us, and presumably it would use like The Last of Us 2's engine, and it, it would just sort of like change things and like modernize and like contemporize it, even though like that game's eight years old. Lots changed in game design in the last eight oh, years. Oh yeah. And by the time the game even comes out, would come out. Yeah, we're we're talking about the future, where it's just like who knows yeah. where we'll be then. And so I guess. I just wanted to talk about like what makes a remake. What makes uh, like when when is a remake going too far? We we're talking about Skyward Sword just now. That's, that's a great segue because it's like, okay, is this really the best way to enjoy this game? Is this honoring the artist's intention? Um, there's been a number of examples. Like Ratchet and Clank, I think is like a great remake. They changed the story, but everything is like fundamentally the same, mm-hmm. um, except the story, which I think was made more enjoyable personally. Was that more of a reimagining? That's the thing. Like there's just so many different words for like what we right. get at. There's a reimagining, there's a rework, there's a, a remaster, there's a port, there's all this language. But at the end of the day, it's just like, all right, so like take a famous painting and just like, well, actually we're going to make this person's jaw a little bit more square. We're going to touch up the colors a little bit. Is it the same painting? You know, it's like what what's the Odysseus's ship, you know, uh, <coughs> Star Wars. <laughs> sure, yeah, okay. But like the uh, the Odysseus ship uh like thought experiment that I think was referenced on yes, on uh, the WandaVision or whatever. But it's like if you take a ship and you slowly replace every part over the years, like is it still the same ship? Is it a different ship? And so like looking at these games, I'm I'm looking at Final Fantasy 3. It's like, man, they touched up so much stuff. I wish they did more. Like I, <laughs> I wish they made it like a little bit more accessible. Cause like I have to use a walkthrough for a lot of this stuff just cause it's super convoluted. And like, I'm not entirely sure where to go or there's like something I touch once. And like a character says like what I'm like, Oh, you should really go check out this town. And then if I can't find that character again, I have no idea what to do. So then I have to like look up like an old walkthrough, just like figure out like what, okay, what am I actually supposed to do next? So I have put a lot of thought into this over time and I think each one has its own specific things that make it that. So for example, a port is exactly how it sounds. Uh, Republic commando, for example, is more of a port because while, you know, it runs better and everything, the controls really aren't changed. Uh, the game is more or less for better or worse, exactly how it was on those past consoles. Then a remaster. I think may get a a bit of a graphics overhaul and maybe some mechanics are upgraded for more modern day or changed. So for example, uh, I've played a little bit of Resident Evil Revelations on PS4. That was originally a 3DS game. Mm -hmm. And I consider that more of a remaster because at one point uh, you see some characters talking like the character models definitely look a lot better. But you look at that background, (laughs) that is a 3DS background. Um, and naturally they had to change some mechanics because of it being a 3ds game and such. So that is much more of a remaster because it's, it, you can tell like it's better, but you can tell it is an older game. Then a straight up remake is something like, uh, ratchet and clank, for example, where yes, some stuff has changed, but that game from the ground up is rebuilt. And then a reimagining is something like Final Fantasy VII Remake, where the story is changed, like, wildly changed. The gameplay is wildly changed. From If this still had just a classic turn-based system, but the story did it changed a bit, it would be more of an actual remake. This is straight up a reimagining, because 
I'm not going to say anything, but that story is going places. Mm-hmm. And the gameplay is so wildly different. And while it still has parts of the battle system from the original seven, it is a wildly different actual battle system. That is a reimagining. Thank you for not saying anything, because as everyone knows, I am now the world's biggest Final Fantasy fan. So I'm excited to go through the series. Um, I am excited for you to go through the series as well. Cool. Um, I guess. I don't know, Coach, like you, you were talking about how you wanted like a remake of the original Zelda game in mm-hmm. Link's Awakening for Switch's like style. I completely agree. I think that'd be fantastic. But also, I think that game needs some some changes to it, you know, like the original Zelda. But then at the same time, it's like, are you playing the original game if they do make changes to it? And it's like, it just gets convoluted there because like, I, I don't, again, like much like the NBA and the MLB in, in, this, in the year of COVID, I don't know what the right answer is. And like, I don't think I'm qualified to say what the right answer is. No, that's fair, yeah. So... I think about, since we're talking Zelda, you look at two of their remasters, okay? You look at the uh, Ocarina of Time 64, and I, to me, that is the perfect remaster. The one for because, the 3DS? For the 3DS. Okay. That is definitely the best way to play the game. You know, they added a, uh, once you get to, once you defeat Phantom Ganon, right? And the, uh, um, in your first major big temple, you have a boss rush mode, basically, where you could go through and you could just fight all the bosses, right? Until you get like a, um, you could just go through all the bosses. So they added to it, they cleaned it up. There is no frame drops anymore. It's just like smooth all the way. And one that I didn't have any complaints with, but I know a lot of people did, was Twilight Princess for the Wii U. A lot of people complain that Nintendo didn't do enough, but I thought it was okay. Like the way that it looked and played on the Wii U, I'm okay with it, you know? Um, and then you have most recently, um, you know, the, uh, the Mario 35th, right? Yeah. Those are ports. And, and those turned out to be, you know, decent ports. And they added to it, you know, they added GameCube controller support. Um, I think a couple thank, months later. Yeah, thank God, because that wasn't there out of the box, and I was right. like, "Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, are you Especially for Sunshine?" Right? Yeah, that was all I wanted it for, because like I've never really played Sunshine, man, and like I love the GameCube, mm-hmm. but uh, I never got around to it when it came out because I was, you know, like thirteen. I had like other interests, like being bad at skateboarding and you know throwing up on my mouth when a girl talked to me. I was busy, is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> and, and so I was really excited to play it. And I tried to use my GameCube controller, and it wouldn't let me. I'm like, "Are you?" effing kidding me this is ridiculous but you're right they did patch it in so like that's that's great um but i guess one of my favorite though remakes has got to be halo 2 yeah that is a fantastic one wow but i'm i'm pissed about the halo 2 one because like it's incredible you're absolutely right it's great but they also just like changed a few things like return to sender is like one of my favorite video game moments in anything ever like in uh when he like master chief my ass what you're doing it's like get sir giving the covenant back their bomb like i think that's like one of the coolest things you could ever see in a video game and they like changed what he does in that cinematic and like that really like irked me like that it felt like seeing like the like the star wars remakes almost where i'm like dude that's not how it happened like that that's it's not it's not the story of of master chief 
Han falling falling to new Mombasa. Exactly. Like it kind of felt like that mm-hmm. level of like, I don't want to say betrayal because I'm not a baby and like I, I will get over this stuff. But for the sake of a gaming podcast, I'm going to throw my hands up like like that. That felt rough. But then like all of a sudden it's just like, well, that moment's over. And uh, now I'm playing this like gorgeous new. <laughs> and new I'm surprised game. that um, there wasn't a physical copy of that, wasn't there? No, I don't believe so. I think that only came. Well, I came in the Halo Master Chief collection. It came, it? Yeah, right. it came. Yeah, I think it was only in the Master Chief collection. I wish that you know, for collectors, that they would have had a uh, a physical copy for that. You know, but uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. And even the ten year anniversary of of Halo, you know, mm-hmm. um, that was that was amazing uh, as well. Like so, because yeah. that one was on. Like that one came out at a discount, I believe, too, when it came to three sixty. I think like, so. Like I don't think that was a full sixty dollar retail game. I think it was. 40 or 50 i can't remember yeah but man when i first grabbed that game just being able to like press the select button and go from new graphics to old graphics like i spent like 10 minutes just like sitting there pressing it walking forward two steps pressing it back like just like flipping back and forth that was incredibly cool and i think things like that make me really happy in games we're like hey we did this but also like we know you just love the original game like also like look how far we've come as a medium like isn't that really impressive and it is super impressive so um, let me ask you this. What do you call, because I'm, I'm, I'm still at the last level. I need to beat it this weekend. But Call of Duty Modern Warfare, right? The, the most recent one. Do you call that a, re, a port or a remaster? What do you call it when you go from last gen's graphics to the new PS5 and Series X graphics? What I, is that? That's that's a reimagining or a reboot. Yeah, right? I, I would I would say it's a reimagining or reboot. Because no, 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 has, no, not the story itself. But I'm talking uh, about how you were able to play it on the uh, PS4 or the Xbox mm-hmm. One, right? And now you upgrade the the visuals and and just the performance of the game. What do you what do you classify that as? Oh, I, I just classify that as an upgrade. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Just, just is it a remaster? I mean, like, think of uh, Twilight Princess on um, on the GameCube or the Wii going to the Wii U, you know? I, I don't think it's a remaster just because the only thing that's changing is, like, graphics being upgraded a bit and performance. Yeah, but isn't there, that by, de- it, yeah, but by definition, that's a remaster, though, right? Like, based on everything we just talked about, like, oh, coach... You just threw a, a grenade, a conversation grenade. I love it. Because now I feel like everything we just talked about is like, well, that's slightly wrong. And like, I don't know if it's just like this is like a like a, a exception and not a rule. But like, no, that is super interesting. Um, I, I guess another way I see it is. I, I don't exactly think many of and it's a game by game basis, but a lot of the ones I've seen, it isn't so much that the graphics are like made better or anything it's just graphical systems are made better so like there are some where it's like yeah i'd I'd consider that a remaster because it's so much different but then you have things like man eater where it's just like the sun looks a little better and it loads faster and i'm like i i in no way would i ever consider that a remaster but for metro exodus it sounds like they're putting a lot of time yes and dedication into really it sounds like that's not only just I would, porting it but really you know that's it sounds like that's one that when it comes out i'd consider 
a remaster basically. Right. Yeah. And like, I never want to be one of those dudes who just like goes through and like litigates every single game that comes out. Like I think putting things in boxes is like inherently stupid. Yeah. I think it's fun for content. Like I personally miss like the days of IGN having like specialized teams that like te- like acted like they hated each other just because like, yeah, that's stupid. But at the same time, like it's at least like inter- interesting, yeah. you know, and fun. Yeah, exactly. Stuff, yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's all tongue in cheek. Like we actually really like each other. And then like the comment section got too carried away. And they're like, all right, well, I guess we just won't do this anymore because you guys broke it. Um, that's IGN nice. was so fun in 2011, 12, 13. Oh, God, is a gold. We didn't know what we had as a truly golden age. Um, but like all that stuff, like all that boxes, like I think this is like. I, I never want to like really get into like, I think the philosophy behind this is way more interesting than the actual execution of it. Like, I don't really care about like the, the conversation of like, Oh, that was a port. Well, that was really just a remake, you know, like that. But like the actual, like, what does this do to art? Like, are we changing by changing the original product? Is that an inherently good thing or bad thing? And like persona Four golden is like an enhanced remake an enhanced port of the PlayStation two version. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way of putting it because of the added content and I don't I don't think there's really anything graphically different. I think it's just the game with more game. Sure. Yeah, but like I think so it, like, it probably looks a little nicer than when it came out on PlayStation 2, right? Even though that was like a late PlayStation maybe? 2 game, but but also the fact that we don't remember says something. I think that should be taken into account. But also it's just like, so does that mean that the, if every PS2 copy of Persona 4 were to just like explode, you know, disc rot, like that's a real thing, you yeah. know? But like uh, if it's preserved only as Persona 4 Golden and that's all we have left, like, all right. So like, is this as good as having the original game just from like an art preservation thing? Because like we talked about the Sony stuff. It should be noted that like our complaining is directly linked to um, Sony reversing its position. PlayStation yeah. Three Store is going to stay open. The Maybe Vita Store is going to stay open. It was absolutely mm-hmm. our podcast. We were the yeah, only people sure. talking about it, um, and we talked about it for like a month straight. So like I think yeah. we were really the first through the door. That's why we're so bloody and bruised right now. Um, but like if those games were to disappear and all we have left is the remake, like is that technically the same or like the enhanced port, I guess, is like what we'd call that one technically. Yeah. Like, is that as good as having the original text material? You know, like, is it the same thing? It's like when something's translated from one language to another, something's always lost in translation. But it's like, what are you mm-hmm. going to do? Like you have to, like I don't speak ancient Greek. So like I have to translate it. I think like the Rosetta Stone translated it to ancient Egyptian, which like people did have like the translations for. And then from that, they were able to translate it to French. Like it was just like a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. But it's like, does that still inherently have the same value as the original thing? You know, so like the Mass Effect remaster, like everyone complained about the elevators, but like the elevators were part of the experience. Like you were in that crap situation together. So like if they improve the elevator loading time, it's probably going to be a better game. But like, it's, is it like the authentic, game yeah you know and so like that like philosophical argument took us a long while to get there i apologize i don't think i was very articulate or clear at the beginning but like that was like what was most interesting to me and i think you guys are good people to talk about that coach you're a huge nintendo head they've done a lot of remakes recently elijah you just play a lot more games than any other human being i know so you're another good person to talk about it with um also ultimately it doesn't matter it's video games they're supposed to be fun that that is a really good question because like as as you know I'm a big look at all the shelves around me I like to have like uh, the original copies of games even if for example Mass Effect yeah getting the new Mass Effect 
I still would like, you know, Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 on PS3 and 360. So I totally get what you mean because it's not, it's not the original. So is it as good as, is it better? Is it worse? Yeah, I get exactly what you mean. Yeah. Now, so, oh, no, art, art, it's fun. It's it, especially video it games. And so like, I don't want this to be a serious conversation, but I, I do think it's an interesting conversation. And one absolutely worth having. Yeah. Um, and, and art is always subjective. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. And so if you guys want to have like a big blowout where we actually like have like a draft of like remakes, remasters and like try to like actually put things in a box. I'm looking for stuff to do on the weekend because I've got a lot of responsibilities. That sounds really cool that I love ignoring. So uh, please, please let us know, listeners, if you'd like that, us to do that. Because it's a really be, neat idea. Because it could be fun. Now you mentioned the store is not shutting down. We do have a question from Chris Chamberlain, my coworker. Is anyone else relieved that Sony changed their mind about not shutting down the PS3 and Vita stores? How long do you think they'll hold off shutting them off? And do you think they might have a backwards compatible solution or at the very least a better PS now? I will answer the second one first. I don't think so. I don't think they have a solution to play PS3 games or that. Otherwise, when they first mentioned shutting down the store, they would have said something. It's not like all of a sudden they're going to be like, you know what? We, we need to come up with a way for people to play these. No. No, if if they didn't decide that beforehand, they're not going to do it now randomly. Mm-mm. I don't think so either. I agree with you, Elijah. I don't think. I think they just uh, when they made the decision, they didn't think there would be the backlash, and then, mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was instant too. Like yeah. When when they said that, so uh, yeah, I don't think they have a plan. Nor do I think. I don't think they're going to spend money on servers no. to keep these. I don't, I don't think they care. Not at all. Now, to answer the next one, how long do you think they'll hold off shutting them off? I think this is more of like a... You know that meme where it shows the water coming out of the tank and somebody and it shows the person just putting the patch on the tank? I think this is that. I think them saying, we're not going to turn the stores off, is putting the patch on, and eventually that patch is going to come off. And I think it'll be sooner rather than later. I, I'm, I'm super torn because I think we talked about it with Seth last week where it's just like, it's like literally embarrassing for Sony if they can't figure out a way to get PlayStation 1 games to work on PlayStation 5. Um, yeah. Like, because he, he was talking about like the, the type of devices that can run it. So I think the problem is if you can get a PlayStation 3 device to work, you can get a PlayStation 2 and a PlayStation 1 device to work because the PlayStation 3 hardware was able to run emulators for PS1 and PS2 games, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so uh, I think PlayStation 3 is like the the reason this doesn't work. I, I, I think that device was just way too complicated. So I Fully think agree. PlayStation 3 will likely be relegated to PlayStation Now. I think I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year... <clears throat> More of these games came to PlayStation Now from PlayStation 3, just so there's at least like more of like a, a logic or like a reasoning where Sony yeah. can be like, hey, a lot of these games are on PlayStation Now. Like, I'm sorry that your internet connection is not the best, but like get with the times. Like, I think they're going to kind of put like a lot of the onus on like the users. And I I can't really fault them for that, I guess, just because like we're getting to the point where PS3s are going to start failing. We're going to get yeah. to the point where disc rot will be a thing, you know? 
And so I think PlayStation Now is probably where a lot of PlayStation 3 games are going to live. I'd be kind of shocked if there wasn't a solution, at least on a hardware level, for PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 games on PlayStation 5. You know, I think that has to come. But my bigger issue is like all these licenses were made available at a time where A, there were more companies, there was more clarity about who owned what, you know. Mm -hmm. And going forward, like, there's just so many games. Like, I don't see EA ever licensing the original Medal of Honor from PlayStation or like Medal of Honor Underground. Like, I don't see that ever happening again. Yeah. And so, like, unless they were able to set up an infrastructure that made it almost identical in nature so that, like, I'm sure there's some kind of law where it's just, like, if the intent is to be a PlayStation 3 existing, like, then this license exists in perpetuity, unless it's pulled for whatever situational reason that it gets pulled, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I'm... in that regard, like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I think a lot of these games are going to go away once they eventually do close the store. But also, I wouldn't, like, it, again, it's embarrassing if they can't make PS1 and PS2 games work on PlayStation 5 and then just shove every PlayStation 3 game onto PS Now. But again, you're going to lose so many freaking licenses. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the, the multiplayer, like, does that go away? Like, I'm still able to play Xbox 360 networking on Gears of War 2. That's because Microsoft owns that. But like for Rainbow Six Vegas, like is like that's I, th- I think Ubisoft announced that they're shutting down servers for a bunch of their PS3 and Xbox 360 games. So it's like, all yeah. right, so we're just going to have this game on PlayStation now, but there's no multiplayer. Do we really even want this game? Does that game just disappear? You know, mm-hmm. and so it's just like the shelf life, like, hey, this game's only relevant because X, Y or Z. If X and Y are gone, do people still care enough about this game because of Z? Is it ever going to be available again? Because there's only one reason for people to care about it. I don't know. That's up to the player and that's up to the the license holder you know and that's you know what i could hope for what's that is you know even if you know we can't get ps3 games on the ps5 for that if the playstation 3 store sticks around until the playstation 6 and then they shut down the ps3 store because the ps6 can play ps3 games and they migrate at least whatever games they can whether it be first party or anything like that over to this current PlayStation store and like migrate your purchases or whatever. That'd be fantastic. Cause that's, that's like one thing yeah. that kind of worried me is like Nintendo coach. How many times have you bought the original super Mario brothers between every device? Oh, how gosh. many times do you think you bought it? Four or five times, maybe like that's ridiculous. And like one mm-hmm. thing I do respect about PlayStation is that if you bought a PlayStation classic on your PS3, you play it on your PSP. To play it on your Vita. You didn't have to buy it multiple times for each of those platforms. Like that was one thing they were just like, okay, Sony, you're doing it right. Or and, at the very least, games like um well, why am I blanking on the name? Uh for example, Towerfall Ascensions. Yeah. Yeah. Cross buy, yeah. You buy it and it's like, oh, you have it on PS4 and Vita. You wherever you want to play it, you have it. And a lot of those games are available on PS3 as well. Like I think Rogue Legacy, yep. if you bought the PS4 copy, you could play yep. it on PS3, you could play it on Vita. Yep. Which is rad. And so like if they're just trying to get to a position where it's like, well, it'd be kind of nice for people to buy like their favorite games at least one more time. Like that sucks. I can at least like I'll at least be happy that like the options there, you know, like it sucked having to add my friend on Xbox 360 that was I was already friends with on Xbox one. But like there like it was an imperfect solution, but it was at least a solution, you know? Yeah. And right now there's no solution for PlayStation. And like that's what irks me the most about them be, like sort of pulling out this decision out of nowhere. And I, not out of nowhere because it's an old store and all that stuff. But like, again, what bothers me about this isn't the whole games. Like, there's too many games for me to play. 
you know, mm-hmm. like I'm never going to play the original, like alone in the dark or whatever on PlayStation one, but it sucks that they're taking away an available and an affordable way to play that game. Yeah. You know, like how, uh, Elijah off the top of your head, how much does persona two cost the original like PlayStation version? I want to say at least 200. All right, cool. I bought it last week for either $6 or, or $10. I can't remember how much, but it was one of those two values. If it was PS1, it was $5.99. Yeah, but like some of the PS, like I know Final Fantasy VII is like $10. So like the most a PlayStation 1 game could ever be on PSN is $10. Like I think Symphony of the Night is $10. Like the bigger games on PlayStation 1 are $10. Most of the other games are 6 bucks. And so like for me, it's just like taking away an affordable, available means of consuming art. It's not that I care about playing all these games, man. Like, I, there's too many games for me to play. But you're just removing a period of artistic innovation in a 3D digital space. Yep. It would be like removing every single silent movie. Just because it's like, well, no one cares about movies where people don't talk anyway. So screw it. We're not going to print those on DVD anymore. Have you heard sound systems nowadays? They are killer. You know, it's just stuff like that where I'm like, yep. why would you get rid of that? Why would you get rid of every impressionist painting just because we've moved on from that period? you know, in terms of, in terms of like art appreciation, like that's the part that pisses me off. I could give fewer craps if I could never play destruction derby again, but it's yeah. like, you're just removing that segment from our Jedi it, power battles. Exactly. But like, you were just removing like, that's like that game would never happen today, man. Like a yep. licensed game that exists in that way will never happen today. It'll, nope. it will no come way. out on your phone and it'll get shut down within three months and you'll never be able to download it from the app store or Google Play Store ever again. So that game yep. is just dead. And so the fact that they were willing to do that with all this stuff that they'd already cultivated so many relationships with publishers and developers, that was what pissed me off. Like you're just cutting off a third, a, a, a more almost like half of like all your artistic input, all your contributions as a developer, as a platform holder from your entire history, you're just cutting it off at the knees and you're not providing a solution for people who still want to engage with older art. Like these are like mm-hmm. these are video games, but they're freaking art, man. It was the first time you could move like use two joysticks to like move a character and control a camera. Like that has huge implications for the entire medium, let alone just like moving a character in a 3D digital space. Like that is incredible achievement, and you're just throwing it away because you can. Like that's what pisses me off. And I am mm-hmm. rambling at this point, hammering home the same point. I'm so glad they reversed. Still weird that they're cutting out the PSP store because the PSP is super underrated. And I hope that answered your question. Thank you very much. Coach, I know you wanted to say something a little bit ago. No, well, I mean, like just looking at your TV in the background, I mean, because I still have my PS2 and I have have Sony uh, component cables, right? I have the slim one. But anyways. Slim one's over there. Right. So if Sony would just come out with their Wega TV, right, to give, produce a 24-inch CRT for video game collectors, right, it would sell. I think okay. it would sell. Now you can still play your legacy systems, but you're going to lose out on if there was any uh, – was there any um, online play with PS2 games? I don't think so, was there? Yes. Yeah, they had, uh, they had a very minimal adapter. amount, yeah. but right. SOCOM maybe, right? Something like that. SOCOM, Monster Hunter, Final Fantasy XI. The original Killzone. Like, it, you had to, at least for the PS Fat, you had to, like, buy, like, an adapter to, like, yeah. put in the back. That's, like, where everyone hid stuff in their PlayStation 2 Fat. 
but it was actually like a thing you'd plug in. <laughs> I have the hard drive somewhere. Yeah, I hid cigarettes so, and cigars in there because I was a teenager. I don't know. It's it's a sticky situation, and you like Elijah said, it's just a band aid over you know a an artery that's been severed, right? So yeah. we'll see what happens. But honestly, I just don't see Sony giving a rat's you know what about their legacy games, you know? And the thing that did it for me the most is not even counting that Vita is my favorite console. It's not, so PS3 is two generations ago now. I kind of understand. I'm not going to say I like it, but from a business standpoint, I understand it. What's the newest PlayStation handheld you can play? Oh, wait. It's the one they were just cutting off. It's not like you can get a new PlayStation handheld to play and have them say, go buy the new one or anything like that. There is none. They were cutting off something that has been around for, at this moment, still less than 10 years. And it's not like you can get a new one, a better one. You can't. And they were just going to say, bye-bye. That's what did it for me. That was like, why are you doing this? Like I said, PS3, I don't like it, but from a business standpoint, I understand it. That's There's new weird. consoles to play. That's what's weird about them killing the PSP store, because for the longest time, they were like, there's so many Vita games. Look at all the PSP games you can play on your Vita. Like, that was like a yeah. marketing point for them. And now they're just like killing the PSP store, and but like keeping the Vita store alive. And that, that's, that's, that's whatever. Guys, buy your PSP games while you can. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I am head over heels in love with the PSP. I think the PSP is actually better than the Vita. And I say that as someone who has loved the Vita, but never really spent a lot of time with PSP. I am yeah, I definitely will get um, Tactics, Ogre, and um, Final Fantasy IV. Yeah, man, those are, I think, those are like 10 bucks. I think Final yeah. Fantasy IV might be 20 or 15 or something, but like it's 20 bucks or less. Tactics Ogre, 10 bucks. Final Fantasy III, great port, 10 bucks. Um, and then yeah. probably I'd like to get, um, and I know Seth played this about a year or two ago, but um, Final Fantasy Tactics as well. War of the Lions. Game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want to make sure to grab the two corpse party games. They never even came out physically over here. So I want to snag them before it goes. That's Is that a, the one with the weird alien on the cover? Nope. Oh, okay. That's the thing too, though, is like, uh, they, they made this announcement that they were like reversing their decision, but like, I don't feel like I wasted money by buying like the PlayStation nope. one games or no. the PSP games or the, the no. Vita games I bought. Like, I'm like, all right, so like, you're not doing it now. You're clearly still going to do it. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> like, so well, I, I don't feel like I wasted money. I'm like, oh, I'm really glad you did it now. So you made is, sure you could get them. Is PSP in July? Are they going to kill the store in July? Yes, July 2nd. Okay. Now, the last thing we will do is I have my trivia questions ready. And this week's topic is going to be video game movies. Okay. As usual. There's going to be a rather easy one too because there's a movie coming out. Exactly. There's going to be a rather easy one and a much more difficult one. So we'll start off with the easy one. Okay. What was the first theatrical video game movie? Um, you're talking about like using a licensed IP, right? Yes. Like okay. a based on a video game. So it would have to be in the eighties because of course there was the Mario movie, right? That wasn't until the nineties. Was it the nineties? Okay. Yes. So what? So what would be earlier than that? Um, what, what? What would it be? Well, Pac-Man had a cartoon in the eighties. 
Hmm. It's got to be something before that. I know, because there was like a crappy Double Dragon movie, but I think Mario came out before that. I, I think Mario is going to be my answer. God, I love that Double Dragon movie. It's so bad. It is not great. And then, yeah, there was Street Fighter. That movie is garbage, too. But yep. again, it's like a garbage movie. That's like it's like a warm blanket or like, you know, like a nice yeah. bowl of warm mashed potatoes. It's great. It's just comforting. Uh, I'm personally going to go with Mario. I'll go with Mario, but I'm thinking there's probably a movie that came out before it. But but that's the thing. It's like, okay, War Games. Well, that's kind of Space Invaders or like Missile Command. And then it's just like, well, there's the wizard. But like, that was like a marketing thing. That wasn't like. A, yeah, you know, that was. Yeah. Street Fighter came out on December 23rd, 1994. Okay. Double Dragon came out November 4th, 1994. And the winner. May 28th, 1993, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, that's, oh, that's awesome. my birthday, too. May 28th. Oh, damn. That's awesome. May the 28th be with you. May the 28th <laughs> be with you. <laughs> now for the second question. Counting theatrical and television films. Oh, good. What developer slash publisher had the most movies come out in the 90s? That is a great question. I don't like it, but that's a great question. (sighs) Who did, um, who did, uh, Mortal Kombat Midway? Midway. Okay. Man. What developer had the most? In the nineties. In the nineties. Okay, so that's when did Pokemon the movie come out? Because like that would just like it, it would have to be. Oh yeah, you, you know stuff like that. So like I think, oh man, um, that's a good one. I would have to say I would say Nintendo, but like I, I think there's only like one Pokemon movie that came out in the '90s though. But he said TV shows. It, no, no, he said TV uh, movies, TV movies, and theatrical releases. What's a TV movie? Give me an example of a TV movie. Um, uh, the, uh, there was a, oh God, what was, I saw the name of it and I'm like, I never knew this existed. Star Wars Christmas special. Um, <laughs> yes. God, uh, let's not remember. Well, that. I, th- I think just like a TV special, like when, uh, like, I guess like the Dragon okay. Ball Z movie came to like Cartoon Network kind of, right? Um, Red Faction Origins. There was a Red Faction movie, apparently, I never knew about. It was made by Sci-Fi Channel. How is that possible? So, it, it, like, it was a TV movie. Okay. Made it might have TV. come to DVD then, but yeah, it was made for TV, basically. Or it just didn't, like, that's where it started. I mean, all I can think, honestly, all I can think of, and I hate to make this collaborative because I know it's supposed to be competitive, but, like, I think Coach is right. I think it's Midway. Like, just with, like, the two Mortal Kombat movies, I can't think of anything else unless it's, like, because like if you were to say the two thousands, I would say either Nintendo or Capcom. But yeah. like you said, the nineties, mm-hmm. and like I so, think, but like also I can't remember who published Double Dragon. That could be a Capcom game, so I don't, I don't know. The original game publisher for Double Dragon was Technos Japan. Okay, so then I yeah I'd go Midway, I guess. And the winner is SNK. Really? Yes. What movies? So they had no theatrical releases, but when you come to television movies, they had fatal fury, legend of the hungry wolf, samurai showdown, the motion picture, 
Fatal Fury 2, The New Battle, Art of Fighting. Um, where did I see? Voltage Fighters, Cowgazer, the movie. I don't know. Samurai Spirits 2. Metal Slug. Or wait, no, Metal Slug, right? Yeah, was there a Metal Slug movie? There was not, at least not in the 90s. God, there should have been. That was, that was such a 90s ad. Those are all SNK movies that came out in the 90s. Good for all them. All of them were television. Good made for, for them, television. The, the, little, the little devs that could. And that's, that's why I knew it was going to be a harder one, because why would you think of SNK? Yeah. I've never seen an SNK movie, and I love video game movies. I gotta be honest, uh, you listing off like the release dates of those movies, they gotta be on YouTube, man. Like that that's just a simple search. I think I think that's gotta oh, be yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. What about um have you uh, not really off subject, but as far as newer ones, have you guys seen the animated version of the newest Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat Scorpion's Revenge? Fantastic yes. movie. Okay. Love it. I, okay, is that on uh, HBO? Yes. Okay. Okay. I will. I'll be watching that this. Yeah, week. I'm gonna have to watch that before. What I wanted to do, what I'll probably do, is watch the first one, the first Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. and then watch the animated, and then watch the new one. Is I'm staying away from the second one. You're is, doing the, a good, is the original you're one? A good choice. Is the original one on HBO? No, only Annihilation is. That sucks. I've been looking for the Blu-ray <laughs> for the original oh. one, but it's like sold out everywhere. So I knew I, two minutes going into that movie that this is just going to be bad. I was like, oh no, half the characters are different. Yeah, they killed Johnny Cage in yeah. the first 90 seconds. You're like, well, that's not a great start. Uh, yeah. So if you check Best Buy, I just got a double pack with the two movies uh, in a steel book with digital copies of them for $14.99. I'm not bringing Annihilation into this house. I refuse to. I, I don't pay, blame I pay you. extra for just the original one. It's kind of like... I don't want like it's so easy to get a copy of like the mummy trilogy. I don't want the third mummy movie. I want the first one. And if I get drunk enough, well, I his might wife buy the is second so one. beautiful. The girl that the, the, the main female lead the first or, or second. Oh, both and both. Oh God. Yeah. I was like a, a big nineties star. She was on the West wing for a while. I can't Rachel remember. Wise was, Rachel Wise was oh, one man. and two, but then uh, yeah. the third she had one, that wholesome, like naivety type of look. And it's just like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Movies in the '90s were amazing, man. <laughs> While George looks to see who that is, if he's looking, I genuinely don't uh, know. Yeah, okay. We will end the show. Thanks for joining us. Remember, the podcast is available at pretty much everywhere. If you can leave a review, please do. It really helps us out. Maria Bello. She was the lead bartender in Coyote Ugly. That's why. Okay. God, Coyote Ugly is a fantastic that's, movie. That's probably the best comic book movie ever made. Remember, he tried to buy the first appearance of the Punisher. Technically makes it a comic book movie. So Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, if you have a question, it's honestly best just to email us at frameskippodcast at gmail.com or at frameskippod on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com slash frameskippod. Your hosts are, we have Seth at Seth, the nineties kid. You can don't find follow, me. Don't follow him. Don't follow, don't follow him. him. You can find me at local lizard man and on Twitch at local lizard man. Uh, I'm going to be, if you're listening to this before Saturday, I'm going to stream a full playthrough of Resident Evil seven. Find Austin at Austin J Eller, George at GB Loftus and coach at Frameskip pod. Gentlemen, hyphen, hyphen coach hyphen coach he is the pod yeah <laughs> gentlemen is there anything you'd like to add before we head out for the evening stay safe 
Yeah. Society's weird. Drink water. Drink lots so of water. Hydrate. Oh, yeah. Also, sorry for rambling so much on, on loved the PlayStation it. Network. Never loved be sorry. Loved all of it. Yeah. Never be sorry. Video games. Good night, <laughs> listeners. Good night. Video. Peace, everybody. Video games.